Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. What is the truth about rock music? Music is a powerful and perhaps the most powerful medium in the world. Music. That's what today's show is about. We always have fun doing music shows. We certainly get a lot of requests to do music shows. Um, my wife uh, said she liked the music show. Uh, Brian always likes the music show. I, I think his wife has said the music shows are fun. So that's like three. Today, we're going to take a look at bands that are great, big, fat successes and shouldn't be. Because the tracks, why are they touring? Why are they putting out albums? Why do I have to put up with them? This is that show. We're specifically not picking bands or artists just because they suck. Vanilla Ice hasn't been poisoning our airwaves year after year after year the way, say, Metallica has. So this is really just about the ones that are successful and shouldn't be. And I know we're going to get messages from you people saying, well, no, you were wrong about this band. This band was good. This is part of the public service announcement that we generally do in this podcast, which says, no, I am sorry, you're wrong, these bands are awful, and we're going to talk about why. And we're back. Where did we go? Well, there was a whole week in between last week and this week. Oh, that's right. And we had a hurricane. Jesus. We had like seven or eight or nine really inappropriate Trump news items. So, you know, a week. North Korea had <laughs> uh, made an H-bomb. Good for them. And they have an ICBM that can probably reach Portland. Even better. Because my retirement plan is not put together very well. So if they don't nuke us, I'm I'm looking for a lethal dose of heroin anyway. So... I thought that was your retirement plan. Well, yeah, but then this whole nuclear bomb thing happened and, you know, a whole different kettle of fish. Well, all I know is that everybody flipped out here in lovely Austin, Texas because of the hurricane. Somebody started some sort of rumor that we were going to run out of gasoline. Yeah. And so everybody wigged out and got all the gas and we ran out in like a day. And there were lines and people running out and it was turning into Road Warrior. And I was uh, like putting scrap metal bits welded onto my car for the impending apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. You got a doof wagon going now? Yeah. And then I was just, I'll kneel before humongous. That was, that was like two days. <laughs> a bunch of fucking idiots. And then your so, wife was like, idiot, come back inside. Yeah. yeah. But basically okay. it's, I, I woke up one morning and we had uh, a criminal for president and there was no gas. And it was like, it was 1973 all over again. The juice, the <laughs> yeah. precious juice. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about shitty things that happened this week, uh, Walter Becker, the guitarist from Steely Dan, died. What? Oh, that was like today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, well. That, they haven't been really great in a long time, but that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. You know who else died? Shelly Berman died. I don't know from Shelly Berman. Educate me. Oh, 
he was a Catskills comedian, uh, came up through the 50s, like sort of pre-Seinfeld, uh, so a a mountain in the comedy industry. He was just interviewed on uh, WTF, or actually, I think he probably played his original interview with him on WTF. Could be. So yeah, look him up, ask him by name, Shelly Berman. Rest in peace. Dead people, war, hurricanes. Uh, Let's talk about movies and pop culture and stuff <laughs> and be happy. Uh, I feel like there's some fresh shit coming, I can tell. Huh? The fresh shit. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> so wait, so so this show then doesn't doesn't continue until i really do have power because you guys can't do a fucking thing until i say fresh shit oh, oh, oh wait, wait this shit is fresh oh you got me <laughs> yeah so fresh shit what what have you been uh listening to brian so a couple things this week uh one i just wanted to kind of give a shout out i'm gonna start talking about things that i support on patreon.com this one I've been listening to for a while now. There's a channel, podcast, and a, actually a number of podcasts. It's a group called Easy Allies. These were the guys that used to be GameTrailers.com before that got destroyed by Viacom. Uh, and so what they did about a year and a half ago is they did a big marathon Twitch stream, and they're like, hey, we want to kind of keep doing what we were doing, but we want to work for ourselves. And they asked for patrons on Patreon, and at the time they were the most successful Patreon ever so easy allies uh, patreon.com slash easy allies check them out i'm sure they have about a million times more listeners than we do as if that's possible i enjoy them that's like kyle bossman who had a show called the final bossman and stuff like that <laughs> the final bossman <laughs> um and then i did watch a movie this week so Yay. it had been on my on my list to catch the founder with michael keaton oh that's on netflix right it is that's where i saw i've got it on my queue so this is yet another uh last year's attempt for michael keaton to try to get an oscar which also failed <laughs> after birdman the year before this is the movie of ray crock the CEO from McDonald's. You know, most millennials have not set foot in a McDonald's, and they should know there used to be like a metal plaque inside of every McDonald's with a picture of an yes. old guy describing Ray Kroc as the <laughs> the originator of McDonald's, when really he's just the guy who kind of bought the idea from the McDonald's brothers. Oh, no, he straight up stole it from them, and this movie is the story of that. Wait, wait, won't, uh, I, won't Uber Eats deliver McDonald's, though? Yeah, but millennials don't eat that shit. They've got <laughs> way more taste than us. Yeah, I doubt that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why am I so not down on millennials and you guys are? I just don't get it. I, I just don't buy that they don't eat McDonald's. Yeah. I, <laughs> They've got student debt. They live at home. They can't afford anything nice. I raised a couple of them. Trust me. They eat McDonald's. All I know is they've done reviews. They've done surveys of millennials and, and like 20% of millennials don't know what a Big Mac is. No, 20% of millennials <laughs> will say that when taking a survey. Let's let's get that right. These fuckers right. eat McDonald's. And then they'll twiddle their little pencil mustaches and Fine. fix their, their man buns. I did a book report on a biography of Ray Kroc like in middle school, and I remember that version of the story, and this is very much not that version of the story. This Michael Keaton is the hero and the villain in this movie. There's no other villain other than him, and there's really no other hero other than him. The entire rest of the cast spends the whole movie 
making pained expressions. Everyone else just looks <laughs> miserable constantly, especially Laura Dern, who plays his wife. That's her natural face state, though. She always looks oh, miserable. Uh, then for all I know, she was reading her iPad off camera because like, she just has one facial expression the whole movie, and it's just like, fuck. <laughs> and then um, Nick Offerman uh, plays one of McDonald Bros, and he also spends the whole movie just looking pained and angry. The bottom line with this movie is if you've seen the trailer, you've kind of seen the whole movie. Like every great scene in the movie is totally ruined by the trailer. But it's it's good. I I enjoyed it. There's a really great speech about persistence that bookends the movie. Nothing in this world can take the place of good old persistence. Talent won't. Nothing's more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius won't. Unrecognized genius is practically a cliché. Education won't. Why, the world is full of educated fools. Linda Cardellini, who was in Freaks and Geeks and was uh, Hawkeye's wife in Avengers Ultron, has a role in this, and it's one of those, like, way mismatched age differences between the male <laughs> and the female. Which is kind of in all movies, isn't it? Because we'll totally let a dude get old. We don't want to hear from you, woman, if you're over 30. Yeah. But what they do at the end, which is kind of fun, they do the American graffiti ending, or like, here's what happened to this person and this person. But they use the pictures of the actual people. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I like, I hate it when they did that in Animal House. <laughs> the actual people in Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, underneath it is audio of the actual Ray Kroc. In one case, bald face lying to the press. And then in another case, decades later, telling the truth about the same thing <laughs> that was just dramatized. Huh. So that's kind of a nice little fuck you to him at the end of the movie. Nice. So it's a loving portrait. Did you go get a Big Mac afterwards? You know, no. I've been doing Weight Watchers, and I'm down almost 20 pounds since I started. Um, But that means I don't get any McDonald's whatsoever. Do you know what they call a Big Mac in France? Shit. Shit. (laughs) No, no, with cheese. Merd. Merd with cheese. Merd. Exactly. You're in France, for Christ's sake. What are you doing ordering a Big Mac? Get out of this place and go over there. I don't have... They have have real cream. (laughs) I don't have very much to share this week, because I didn't do a lot. I started watching Baroness Von Sketch on IFC, which is uh, all female comedy troupe that does sketches. We are living in television's golden age of empowered women. Absolutely. I mean, it used to be you'd only see pretty girls getting raped and murdered on TV, but now you get to see a powerful woman investigate pretty girls getting raped and murdered on TV. We've come a long way, baby. Sure have. They're sort of weirdly in between Kids in the Hall and Portlandia because they do Mm. sort of social Mm -hmm. satiric stuff, but then they also do really whacked out just bizarre character stuff. Uh, like the kids in the hall used to do. And they're Canadian, as far as I can tell. Oh, wow. So, uh, it's four Canadian women doing sketch comedy. So they're all hot. Because I maintain, with Canada, all Canadian women, even the ugly ones, are actually hot. And all Canadian guys are really kind of funny looking. Well, there you go. Is your wife Canadian? Are you sucking up? No. (laughs) No, she's not. Just checking. But I've been saying this for you, and, and it's always true. I find out some guy's Canadian. I'm like, yeah, you look kind of kind of weird. Not necessarily ugly, just weird. <laughs> it's all the poutine. That's what it is. I also got two, uh, two reissues of Brian Eno's catalog this weekend on record vinyl. That was the other thing I, I did this weekend. So I listened to uh, Here Come the Warm Jets, 
which was his first album after he broke off from Roxy Music. Sounds like somebody warning that he's going to piss in the pool. <laughs> kind of. It is Brian Eno, so who knows? Here come the warm jets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to remember that. Yeah. Well, wait, I'm not in grade school, so it's not like I have anyone to call that out to. And then, uh, <laughs> and then his other album, the second album, is uh, Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy. So if you like Eno, boom. Yeah. All right, all right, I'm done. He was the better part of Roxy Music. Once he was out, it was pretty much just Brian Ferry doing his crooner fantasy. A lady in red. It's not even the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outed, damn it. I'm sure he did a cover of that. You know, it's Brian Ferry. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so I've been listening to Gary Newman a lot because you mentioned him last time, Brian, and we're going to see him in a couple of months. And so I wanted to get back into it and find out, is this going to be like a boring 80s reunion show or is this guy still got the shit? And he's still got the shit. I mean, the the single for the new album they released, uh, My Name is Ruin. I can't stop listening to it. It's great. It's it's what Nine Inch Nails kind of used to be before he stopped being Nine Inch Nails and everyone else took it over. Yes. Uh, it's it's really fun. Oh, yeah. And in an interview on uh, the Graham Norton show, he had asked him, so I hear you're really down on the 80s. And he says, no, it's not I'm down on the 80s. I'm down on 80s reunion tours because you're basically just saying you have no more ideas and I need as much cash now as I can get. And I'm not about that. And I thought, oh, I love Gary Newman. I love the shit out of him. <laughs> so my friend who who keeps reminding me that Gary Newman is putting out new material, and it, it's a good example of, of something we're going to get into later in the show, too, is, is a, an artist from the past who's still relevant. Gary Newman is still relevant. But the thing is, he's not trying to be commercial. He doesn't care. He's making this music, and from what I can tell, he's making this music because he's got, it's like growing in him like a cancer, and he needs to purge yeah. and get it out in music form, and that's always good art. There's a period of Gary Newman in the mid-80s where people were going, oh, he's lost it. Oh, that's it. Oh, Gary Newman. But Gary Newman was interested in jazz. So fuck off. He wanted to do jazz. You're not into the jazz. Fine. Move on. But this is what he wanted to do. I like that. Thomas Dolby had a phase like that. Yeah. I like that. When when artists say, I'm not about, you know, uh, you. <laughs> this is actually art. Yeah, this will also fit in nicely for today's episode. And, and there's there is a flip side to that that I will bring up on mine um, of the I'm not in it for you, but uh, that's the fresh shit. So today, as I mentioned in the intro, we're talking about bands that are big that shouldn't be big but are still big. And not bands that suck, because that's easy. These are bands that you probably like, and you really should not. Or at least they should stop. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wanted to talk about the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, whenever they do a tour and people flip out and go spend $500,000 or whatever per ticket uh, to see what essentially amounts to guys pushing 80, flouncing yeah. around on stage to songs that are almost 60 years old... 
Yeah, I think that's about people who wanted to see the Rolling Stones a couple of decades ago and they couldn't get to the show. And so now they're not so much going to see how hard these 80 year olds can rock as they can now finally say, I got to see the Rolling Stones live. But the problem is you didn't. You got to see a bunch of 80 year old dudes. I got to see the Rolling Stones live 1981 tattoo U tour. That's the first concert I went to. Yeah, and uh, so I got to see him. Your bitch asses did not, no matter how much money you spend. You went. You had that shirt. I remember. It was the big dragon with the jagger lips on top of the stadium. Yeah. That, that shirt. Yeah, you were that wearing that shit in like fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And everyone in school was like, you didn't fuck you. You didn't get to go. I'm like, yeah, I did. Ha. So I was working in the recording studio, and we were working with the band Megadeth, and this was like 1994. And they went to go see the Scorpions live and they come back from the show and, and we're like, so how was the show? And they're like, well, it was like watching Jurassic Park and listening to the Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty much how I felt about the Beach Boys show yeah. I saw a few years back. Um, I don't necessarily get into the Beach Boys, but I mean, these guys are how the fuck old and they're singing, they sang the song, When I Grow Up To Be A Man. Yeah. Like, will I dig the same things I did when I was a kid? You should fucking know, dude. <laughs> Like well, I, I remember seeing the the Beach Boys uh, over July Fourth weekend in like '86, I guess it was something somewhere around there. And my mom right had, before Kokomo was big. Or it was right around right this after? right around the same time. Cocktail was okay, kind of in like '88 ish. Beach Boys remember. making with the freak freak. Beach <laughs> Boys making with the freak but, freak. But we had like trekked out in the middle of nowhere on this fairground thing or whatever, and we went and stood around and watched the beach boys, but obviously Brian wasn't there. Uh, right. But John Stamos was. And oh. I remember feeling so <laughs> angry that I trucked all the way out to see the beach boys. And I got fucking John Stamos. I was so mad. It was a free show, but I was like, this is five hours of my life. I am never getting back. And I'm still angry. So fuck you, Beach Boys and John Stamos. That's what I say. And we're not even into the stuff we actually picked for the show. Yeah, so these are all honorable mentions. So we should just jump into our lists. We each made a list of five bands that we nominate for worst goddamn success of all time. Uh, I should say band or performer. Yeah. So to keep things like on schedule, uh, here's my thinking. Give us your five, but, you know, whoever is the the most egregious offender on your list, that's the one you tear into. Fair? Sure. All right. Who's going to go first? Brian, I think, is first. Do we need to spin the wheel like we've done previously? Sure. Spin the wheel. We have a wheel. Yeah. Might as well spin that. It's the magnificently huge wheel. Yeah. Tick 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 Where did it land? I can't read it. That'd be Brian. Oh, okay. Hey, look at me. The wheel landed on me. Okay, so my list was Kiss. Overrated. The Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah. Idina Menzel. Is that the frozen chick? Let yeah. it go. Let it yes. Go. Okay. Yeah. 
Tom Petty and Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, definitely. Fuck them. Yeah. They had one great album. What one was that? I'm not sure. Ten. They have an album called Ten? Yeah. That was the one with all the hits, and then, I don't know, they've been touring ever since. They're like the new Grateful Dead. Is that the one with, oh, I, I'm Burl Lives, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy's from Spokane. Spokane. Jeremy's from Spokane. Spokane. Yeah, all of those. So I'm not actually going to talk about Pearl Jam. That's fine. I didn't. That was one of the ones I didn't. We got it out of our system. Well, that's fine. We already got it. Yeah, we're good. All right. Jeremy's Spokane. Jeremy's. Jeremy's a Spokane. today. All right, I'm done. All you need to know about Pearl Jam is that they're named after Jism. Uh, and <laughs> just move on. Oh, boy. So, my big one is Kiss. Yes. Kiss was the first concert I went to as a kid. I was like fucking seven or six or something. Did you know any of their music or did you just know you were going to see a band? Well, that was the thing, right? Like, so my brother and my stepbrother were like way into, especially my stepbrother was way into it. So this must have been, I thought it was the Destroyer tour, but it must have been Love Gun. It was right around the time they did a live two and they were touring and we were, you know, divorced parents. So we were with my dad for the summer and he took us to see Kiss. So I'm like, you know, I'm just a little kid. I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, my stepbrother's really into this. We're going to go to the show. And so the first fucking concert I see, yeah, is Gene Simmons, like, blowing fire through the torch and spitting blood and the drums flying up and Gene's on the wire and, like, full-on peak of their career Kiss concert. That's how I got started with concerts. Was Ace Freely still with them? Oh, yeah. This was the original okay. lineup. Peter Chris, Ace Freely. Like you can tell, though, they're all, like, painted right i mean it, yeah it's like this is like 77 okay this is like peak kiss yeah so it's what start this is like right before disco star child <laughs> demon spaceman and catman yeah so this was the kiss and they need to fucking stop yeah like why is there still kiss they've been around for 44 years gene simmons is 68 paul stanley is 65 they both qualify for social security stop already I don't mind Kiss so much uh, just because as a merchandising delivery mechanism, they are top notch. And so, it, oh yeah, it, I don't really think about the music so much as I think about the lunchboxes and the movie and the cartoon and the comics. And I blah, think blah, blah, blah. actually whenever I see Kiss, I instantly go, there's no way I can see these, these, these boys as kids in a garage working out being a band. I mean, they were, they were shit out of a corporation that wanted a, you know, a display vehicle. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, the, you, you, I would, if somebody told me they were, they were built in a lab, I would believe it. <laughs> I don't know if you did any research, but if you hadn't, Name more than three Kiss songs. Oh, I can. Uh, what's the one with the girl's name? Beth. The one that's all slow. Beth. Beth. Yeah, that was uh, Beth. Detroit Rock City. Uh, uh, God made yeah. rock and roll for you. Deuce from the uh, Bill okay. Big and Te- Bill and Ted's Bogus <laughs> Journey. <laughs> Strutter. Uh, Strutter. See, Chris did research. He's he's cheating. I'm not I know these I, songs. These are only the ones I knew. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, Detroit like before, the, before I started thing. going back, yeah, I couldn't name much more than that. It was like 
you know, I was made for loving you. And Which is essentially Paul, yeah, Paul Stanley basically going, hey, how hard could it be to do a disco record? Come on, let's give it a shot. <laughs> Fuck it. Rock and roll all night. But, like, almost all of those songs are pre-1982. Yeah. Right? Like, so after 82, they, you know, that's the first time they lost Ace Freely and Peter Chris. And they brought in a different guitarist and they and a different drummer, and they had new makeup. They had a fox, and they had like this onk <laughs> thing. When you're ready, let me know. I want to. I want to do a little side. Well, go ahead. Hit the onk warrior now because this is all I had. To this was this is when we were uh, getting the Norman Lear cinematic universe show together, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was just watching a whole lot of really bad TV from the '70s, and I stumbled across this show called Kids Are People Too. Do you remember this show? Oh God! Um, well, I watched that show all the time <laughs> as a kid because there were no cartoons on Sundays, and so the only thing to watch on Sundays was Kids for People too. Yeah, which is essentially it was a talk show for kids, basically. Right. And there's a clip out there where you can see uh, Kiss is on Kids for People too, and it's when they introduced the Fox guy after Ace Frehley had left. So that was his. Oh. That was his coming out party. Was basically a, a interview on Kids for People too, and they look so uncomfortably bored with the entire enterprise <laughs> it's amazing and now back to kids are people too who's a kiss fan here are you a kiss fan you like them yeah who's your favorite peter chris anyway we at kids are people too are going to uh, help kiss welcome their newest member so please give a big hand for the fox eric carr yeah! what a cute guy what a cute well, guy. what do you think girls is he a fox or what thank you so much so they did the thing where they took the makeup off and they were basically a hair metal band through the 80s and early 90s. They reformed in 96 for the reunion tour. They put the makeup back on. They did the Psycho Circus video game. I mean, there was Phantom of the Park back in 78, but all of their ancillary video stuff is shit. But the thing was that I kind of respected the makeup thing. Okay, we've got a new member. We need a new character for him. Nowadays... Kiss is its own tribute band. That's true. If you think about That's it. That's true. They've taken the Spaceman and the Cat and they've given them to different players and they could all die. We could ha- Kiss may be eternal. We may just have Kiss in whatever form and as long as it's four dudes with like big fucking shoes and shoulder pads and that makeup playing those those songs it's the Kiss. Well they did it right cuz their original band name before they did all of that bullshit for Kiss uh, they were called Wicked Lester. Yep. And there's no way that a band called Wicked Lester is going to sell five jillion lunchboxes and action figures and whatever. I think they just, they're marketing geniuses. I just can't take that away from them. And I think it is mostly due to Gene Simmons, who, I mean, okay, Gene Simmons is an Israeli. If you've ever met an yeah. Israeli, these are the most intense fucking people in the world. And so when he's <laughs> in a band, he's like, kids, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to own the world. And, and and we're just we're doing it by the fucking numbers. And I think really Kiss is big just because of him saying we're going to we're going to show this much dedication to our marketing, to our merchandising, to reading the contracts. I remember re- hearing an interview with him where he said after every concert, they uh, count the receipts. The f- band oh, I w- counts oh, the yeah. receipts. Dude, Gene Simmons is the living embodiment of the music industry in the 70s as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The dude, the dude is married to Shannon Tweed. He used to live with Cher. He used to live with Diana yeah. Ross. Like the guy, <laughs> I mean, 
give him his due. He used to teach junior high. <laughs> My point, I guess, with Gene Simmons and all this, though, is that here I can understand why they're a, a, an enduring success, but it has nothing to do with quality or art. It's only business acumen. Fuck them. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's the only reason that they're hanging out now. Yeah. Yep. But I'll be damned if I can tell you anything that they have done in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, you mentioned a couple there, like Psycho Circus. I remember that one was... The best thing they did recently was called Modern Day Delilah. It's okay. Ugh. I don't even want to know. But, I mean, it still just sounds like Kiss. They're still singing about... They're, they're in their 60s and they're still singing about fucking... Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, 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 one uh. last thing about Kiss and then let's please move on. Their logo... So their logo was draw- originally drawn over the Wicked Lester logo, and the S in Lester was a lightning bolt. Yeah. And that's how they got the funny little uh, kiss with the two lightning bolts. But in Israel, strangely enough, because Gene Simmons is Israeli, they have to change the logo because it looks like the SS logo. <laughs> that makes oh sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never thought about that. Holy shit. Yeah, so if you, go, if you go look it up, their logo is different in countries that have banned Nazi propaganda, uh, one of them being Israel. That's and amazing. Being Germany, and there's a couple others. Once again, marketing genius. Know your market, know your territory. Well, all I remember was uh, growing up as a kid and my grandma was spewing the rumor because my brother was super into Kiss, my older brother. And uh, I know where you're going. And uh, she was spouting the nonsense that Kiss stood for knights in Satan's service. I remember hearing that and thinking, yeah, that would be awesome if that were true, because that might mean they had a bit more you know, intensity and thought than they actually did. I remember do. hearing that and then being driven to the concert like that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're not cool enough to be knights in Satan's service. Fuck you. Yeah, really, because if you look at their solo albums, Gene Simmons actually did a fucking cover of When You Wish Upon a Star. That's on a Kiss album, friends. Yep. So fuck that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next person, next band. Oh, spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Wheel it. The sound effect isn't this long. Is it me? Yes. Yay! What do I win? You know, it's going to be you before the wheel, but yeah. Okay. It's you. Yeah. I think this yeah. wheel is... This wheel is rigged. Yeah, this wheel is broken. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You don't want to do the super yank on the wheel. You know, you just give it a little spin, just enough yes. for one revolution. That's all Bob Barker wants. That's some sort of euphemism? Don't want to yank too hard on the wheel? No, that's not. That's 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 a, 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 a Price is Right reference. <laughs> okay. For my top five, uh, this was a tough one. My top one is uh, is Weezer for many reasons, which I will get into. Mm-hmm. Number two is Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, uh. who I don't understand for the life of my... I saw them play the, <laughs> the New Year's Eve thing like two or three years ago, and I had no idea who the fuck he was. And so I had to ask my wife, and then she started sending me all these clips. And so it was like thrift store or whatever. So I got $20 in my pocket. I'll wear your granddad's clothes. Damn right. I look incredible. Hey, come on. Big ass, big ass, come. Come. Shop down the Let's go. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I, I, I'm hunting, looking for a comer. This is fucking awesome. 
thrift store's song is a neat novelty item, but the rest of the career is not quite as interesting. Oh my god. I refuse to believe he has any other songs. Exactly. It's fucking awful. So that one that one definitely propped up. Uh Coldplay I had on there. because uh, I just don't understand Coldplay at all. Um uh, and then I went back and forth. I almost had Radiohead on there, but uh, I still actually kind of like some of their cuts. They lost me after the Benz, man. Even OK, I'm the only person who didn't really care about OK Computer or Kid A. Really? I like them up to Kid A, and then it's all kind of uh, scattershot to me. I guess I like them all on a certain level, but they are overrated. I mean, they're not the goddamn Beatles. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're overrated, but I still enjoy them. Uh, when I hear yeah. the tracks, I don't like want to want to punch somebody in the face. I love In Rainbows. In Rainbows was decent. In Rainbows, I bought opening day, and I listened to it for about a year, and it took me about that long to go, okay, I'm I'm comfortable with the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. you can just listen to it and go, oh yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I respect that they're doing their thing and they're doing it on their terms, but and it's not necessarily my yeah. thing. Yeah, and they're not geniuses just because they put some people off that's another thing it makes you overrated okay who else was on your list and then i also had beyonce maybe this is just because i'm a middle-aged white dude but i just do not fucking understand how she is so popular i think because she's the new oprah (laughs) she's the the new person who's telling people how to live and be i guess and since there is no oprah but i didn't even like the old oprah i thought she was the new diana ross oh god so yeah i don't get that at all i think it's just because it's a cult of personality above all else and that just all bothers me on a lot of levels. That's why I go to yeah. Oprah. It's, you know, you're you're almost required to like her. <laughs> you get a podcast and you get a podcast and you get a podcast. Who run the world? Girls, we love you, Oprah. Have you seen the Oprah gif where it's bees? It's it's that footage, <laughs> no. But when the screen opens up, they put a bunch of bees superposed, and she's just like bees. <laughs> and the audience is screaming uh, in terror. I love it. It's- Excellent. But uh, yeah, so of those five, who are you going to tear? Uh, I chose Weezer, and the primary reason is because I used to like them a lot, and now I really don't, and so I feel kind of cheated. So to set the scene for you, they came on in '94. Forrest Gump was the top movie of the year. Seinfeld, Friends, Roseanne, they were all burning up your TV screens. So that kind of shows you where we were as a culture in 92. And then Weezer came out with what is now called the Blue Album, which is just a self-titled album with a blue cover. And the Sweater Song. If you want to destroy my sweater. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly was the first big hit, then Undone the Sweater Song, and then Say It Ain't So. And they're all really good. I mean, I like the whole album. It's got really good hooks. The songs are tight. Rick Ocasek is producing the thing within an inch of its life. I have trouble listening to it now because it's just stupid as far as the lyrics and whatnot go. (laughs) I'm not a 15-year-old kid who needs to pine after girls anymore. So it's sort of this and Pinkerton, which was the follow-up. It's like when you're a kid and you read Catcher in the Rye and you think Holden Caulfield is the shit, and then you read it again when you're an adult and you realize he is a shit. <laughs> I just can't get past it. And so it just doesn't speak to me like it did when it had first come out and it was fresh. I don't know that it ever spoke to me. I thought, you know, obviously the Buddy Holly video was uh, pretty clever at the time, and, and so it got a lot yeah. of airplay with the, the band playing in Al's diner and Happy Day. The thing I like about that is that it's sort of a, a boon and a curse all at the same time. 
because it just broke them. Everybody loved it. But the uh, the bass player, or maybe one of the guitarists, after that hit, he's like, we saw our audiences change from intelligent, hip-looking people to complete jocks who just came because they saw the video. It's like, that's kind of the price you pay if you want to make a living at this. So it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're a success, but oh, look at all these douche nozzles that are coming to our show. Fuck. And that seems to be the line that they have towed. Because Pinkerton came out, sort of a confessional album. And I like it a lot until I start listening to the lyrics. And then it's kind of creepy because all the songs are fairly stalkerish. And Rivers Cuomo's got a lot of weird issues. I mean, he actually came out and said that it was uh, kind of a creepy, disgusting album when it came <laughs> out. And he even went so far as to, before the album came out, he told all the, the fans, you know, that there's lyrics on the album that you might think are mean or sexist. Just be aware that there's some nasty stuff on there. But I put it out because it's a confessional, blah, blah, blah. And then he disowned it because the thing tanked critically and commercially. It's like he just poured himself into it and then nobody wanted it. And now 20 years later, it's been reevaluated. And now it's like one of the great albums that has been anointed. And I, I don't get it. Yeah. I just never cared. Basically for me, Weezer, I mean, there were a couple big hits that were unavoidable. I really liked the chorus and hash pipe just because it was a cool riff. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, like, Weezer is just this, like, thing. Like, ever, I don't care about any of it. It all sounds the same. I like Weezer up to a point, like, around the Green Album. They had this thing where, you know, they just went away for a long yeah. time. And then they came back with an album with that hash pipe. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then they went away, and then suddenly they've got another single. It's actually really good. And then they went away. It's like they had... They take long breaks in between making something interesting. To me, they're like my favorite garage band because they will come out with some stuff and it's not very deep. It's not very, you know, thought provoking. Fuck them if they don't like the jocks showing up. That's where their music does best. They're not doing uh, Dark Side of the Moon, but maybe that's why they're overrated because they think they are so they're like a slacker beard for Josh. <laughs> yeah play the play the hit or come up with another one as good as pork and oh, beans God. and go away for another four well that's years. the thing i like that song oh. somebody does i didn't like that album but i liked that but the song. green album when they came out they got a Kasich back i think uh and they went all slick and so it was almost a refutation of pinkerton and they basically just went soulless commercial pop punk whatever and it's a slick album i mean it's yeah. again got hooks i mean it was almost a return to the blue album almost but it's just it's totally soulless to me it's like corporate rock and so it seems to me like they learned all yeah. of the wrong lessons from the Pinkerton debacle and they had some lineup changes and whatnot. And ever since green, everything has been this weird, same, same homogenous sort of corporate Rocky kind of thing. All their songs sound the same. All their singles sound the same. And it just, it bothers me that they started out strong and they actually had interesting songs with actual music. And then it sort of devolved into everything is the same song, just with a, a different, 
take on being a like a piney little teenager. Well, how old are they? And and why do you? This is kind of the same criticism of Kiss. It's like you haven't matured in the ideas you're exploring at all. No, it's just well, more that's of just the it. Same. I read an article, and somebody actually postulated this as their uh, thesis for it. Some uh, some music man, and there's been a lot of ink spilled about Weezer and how much they suck or how much they don't suck. It's just a very divisive band for some reason. But this one basically postulated is is Rivers Cuomo trolling everybody with all of this music. <laughs> and it's the funniest, funniest article because they basis it every song comes out and you get you get hash pipe, you get dope nose, you get uh, thank God for girls, pork and beans. I mean they're all just these ridiculous songs that don't mean anything, but they're just so tightly constructed and they sound good, but they're just vapid, poof, they're gone. Yeah. What's the point? But who cares? <laughs> I think the most pure, honest version of that is actually Duran Duran, because their lyrics deliberately <laughs> exactly. make no exactly. sense whatsoever. They're just there to because the words sound good in that hey. sequence, and they get away with it, and people sing along with it. Yeah, Weezer's no Duran Duran, sir. Weezer is no Duran Duran. <laughs> you you heard that Duran Duran theme that they they did for the Matrix, right? <laughs> no. His name is Neo. He Shut don't up. need Shut to up. understand. Boo. I just came Boo. up with that just now. Comedy Boo. gold. I didn't come up with it just now. I bothered my wife with it a couple days uh, well, ago. <laughs> the, well, the thing about Weezer, though, I'm so disappointed in him because they just never got over their initial deal. I mean, they just have not moved as an artist in any way, shape, or form. But they're selling a shit ton of records. So it's the kids just don't, I think, care. They just like the stuff that sounds good. Let me just say... Wait, people sell records still? Let me just say, I saw Weezer live at the State Fair in Phoenix in 2009 mm-hmm. or 10. place was packed they rocked the joint great show we saw them again at the exact same venue exact same you know another state fair in phoenix i think two years ago and it was depressing (laughs) there was nobody there they had just put out that album with the uh we have nothing left to lose or whatever it was like two years ago it was palpable how poorly received they were and how they much they weren't into it if you told me they all had the flu i would have believed you well they go i mean it's sort of up and down roller coaster there's like a sub theory out there that if it's an album that's named after a color and so far they've got blue green red and white then those are sort of the high water marks for some reason whereas the other ones in between tend to flounder or maybe eke out like one single but if it's actually a, a mm. album with a color then they, they tend to get noticed for it. I don't know why. Are those all Rick Ocasek produced and the other uh, ones It are, could be. I mean, I, 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 I have no idea. But I know he's come back for a couple, so I don't get it. But their influence looms large. I mean, if you look at other bands that are out there, especially from the same era, but even post uh, Blue Album and Pinkerton, there are so many people that have listened to those albums and kind of push it into their own music. Uh, like the Rentals which is actually the the I think the bass player for the original Weezer lineup ended up doing uh, the rentals with and did Friends of P, which was uh, I'm a good big hit for them. There's a, a band called Not a Surf that has that song popular uh, that sounds exactly like Weezer. There's Nerf Herder who does a song called Van Halen, 
which is right out of a Weezer sort of playbook. Like Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's Mom. That could be a Weezer song. No, that's way too poppy to be a Weezer song. It's sort of if, if Rivers Cuomo was having fun, maybe. Then, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but there's all of all of those sort of things coming out. So now there's this whole generation of artists that are basically growing up with the idea that Weezer is the best band ever. And so their influence is going to loom large into the future. And I don't get it. So get off Chris's lawn. <laughs> and It's a bitter old man that's, show. Let's that's, that's spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel and see yeah. where it lands. Okay. Tick 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 uh, my five are uh, yeah. Coldplay, obviously. obviously. Mm. That that shit needs to end. Uh, Metallica, Metallica, mm. come on, f- fuck it. Uh. Metallica, and they had like one of my favorite albums, Master of Puppets. But sometime around one, when they started getting real slow, and another singer who sounds like Cher, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Once they started inviting in an orchestra to play uh, covers of their song, fuck you, Metallica, you're no more. That's the stuff I liked. <laughs> I just remember when the when the Napster thing was happening, and they and Metallica was suing, and they someone had done like a, a one of the first viral internet cartoons, and it was them. Going Napster bad. You Napster users, we'll see you in jail getting gang raped. Money good. Napster bad. That was like the entire thing. I still will not forget that. Uh, no doubt, and Gwen Stefani. Hey, I don't like them at all. There was that whole third wave of ska thing that no doubt was a part of. But there's mm. better ska. There's better pop music, and I just. Eyes that that whole every time it comes on, I just start retching. When I when it came out, I just I remember saying to myself, "This shit is bananas." So the original yeah. version of "It's My Life," I'm playing that on a playlist, and my son's like, "Oh, somebody did a cover of this." I'm like, "Yeah, no doubt did the cover. This is the actual song." <laughs> damn, yeah, you damn. Yeah. Again, it's like in high school when everybody thought that Tiffany song was an original and this, these assholes called the Beatles had stolen it from her. Uh, so the number four, Kid Rock. Kid Rock can go, you know, just go get fucked. Uh, I, 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 I mean, that Babada Wabada Wagada Bagada thing in the 90s, I mean, it had, it had some, you know, you could snap your fingers to it. But oh, yeah. he just went full right wing. He's, he's the only artist I can think of who on Wikipedia has five different phases of his career <laughs> his wikipedia page and he'll they'll list out the the phases of the kid rock uh milieu is his, it bad ooh, worse is, even uh, more awful kid, kid rock lost me before he got political because he in in one stroke he destroyed sweet home alabama and werewolves of london with that 
fucking thing that steals riffs from both of them. Alabama all summer long. Eat me, Kid Rock. And the fact that every time he talks about his patriotism, his number one argument is, I don't like all this thinking around patriotism. <laughs> so that's basically it. I don't I don't like people who, who actually like talk about why they do or don't like something. You support America blind and stupid. That's hey, what you he, do. Fuck I like off. that he's running for Senate in Michigan. Or is he? Nobody knows. <sighs> I have so many friends in Michigan and... Like, I worry for them. But my number one selection is U2. It has to be U2. U2 is the awfulest thing ever to pervade the airwaves. They were doing kind of okay initially as a little band from Ireland. Boy, you know, I had a couple songs I liked. Um, I can't remember the second one. But the third one was War, and that had some great songs. They did a live album, which was just a collection of what was on those three albums. And then they got really self-important. I think it was the mm-hmm. Us Festival in 1982 with them performing and that Bono getting up on top of the stage with the white flag and the self-important kind of call for whatever. It was like a Band-Aid thing or something. That's what really makes them awful is that he's always sort of calling out a cause or a something you need to be doing to help the world be better. But in the end, it's really about how great a guy he is. The whole thing is a promotion of how great a guy Bono is. Have you seen the South Park episode where they go after him hardcore? No. Oh, my God. Basically, it's the thesis of the episode is that Bono is the world's biggest piece of shit. And then through the course of the episode, you find out that he literally is the world's biggest piece of shit. <laughs> Come to life to sing for you, oh. too. And in the 90s, they decided to really embrace civil rights because, you know, 30 years later, Right on cue. And they have B.B. Uh, King opening for them. And in their movie, there's a part where they're reading B.B. King, the lyrics <laughs> to When Love Comes to Town, you know, which they wrote for him to perform on. And I, God fucking damn it. I've got to find it. I've got to find this clip. I remember Bono, Bono, Bono is reading the lyrics to his music to B.B. King. Is that the one where B.B. King says... I don't know no codes. I don't know. And he's reading the lyrics of the song to him. And then he says, yeah, that's good. That's good. Bono says of Bono's writing, yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) It's his song. It's his song that he's reading to B.B. Goddamn King. Yeah, that thing I just wrote you. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, It it was just so disturbing (laughs) and rotten and fuck. Yeah, I hope you like the song. I love the song. I think the, the, the lyrics... Is really real heavy lyrics. You might be young to write such heavy lyrics. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of a really strong songs early on. You mentioned "Boy in War," and I will give a lot of credit, especially to The Edge. Jesus fucking Christ! I have to call somebody The Edge. <laughs> what does uh, Henry Rollins say? That one uh, Brian Eno chord that he'll play the whole song. That wee 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 wee. That's all he does. Genius. Genius. But they have. I mean, and with you know Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen, they have a really distinctive sound. And Edge is. God, I wish I knew his fucking name so I could call him something else. Um, he's he's a very technical perfectionist studio guitarist guy. You know, he's very into the production side of it. And I really like the sound that they came up with. They kind of hit, you know, peak U2 with the Joshua Tree in 87, right? And that was inescapable. And it had that weird photo. And then they just went completely 
completely bananas. Like, they got so big, they became a giant monster. Because they didn't know what to do next. They ran into a dead end, and they were like, oh, we got to reinvent ourselves. And they do that that TV thing where it's like, we're going to now comment on society and TV or something. Fuck, I don't know. Something stupid. And they, somebody tells them about uh, the Pixies. That's the part that really gets me, is that they have the Pixies. Uh, somebody tells Bono about how cool the Pixies are. And so he says, oh, well, then they have to open for us because they're cool, <laughs> but they need to open for us because we're still cooler. And because of that, they Yoko Onoed the Pixies, and that's really why I hate you two, among other things. Uh, the whole reason this episode is this is because we needed an episode called Why Does Eric Hate You Two? Well, it, it always reminds me of when the Ben Stiller show did the fake behind the music thing or whatever. It was like uh, U2 the early years. And so it's U2 singing at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Our manager, Brian yeah, Ruben Kincaid. Kincaid from the Partridge family. <laughs> the but, it's, but it's Ben Stiller as Bono on the stage at a fucking bar mitzvah going, Avo Nagila. Everybody, please look at Phil the Fish sculpture. It's great. Okay, Joel, get up here. Come on up here, Joel. And I hope everybody's ready to dance the horror and the hokey pokey soon. I don't want to see anybody sitting. Let's give him a hand, Joel. So, these guys were at the peak of their relevance when, during, you know, that complete psychotic meltdown of a tour, they were calling George H.W. Bushes on the phone. White House, may I help you? I, I, I'd like to speak to George, if I could, please. George who? Um, George the President, Mr. Mr. Bush, excuse me. What have they been doing since? Like, the most notable thing I can think of s since then was they forced everybody who had an iPhone to, to have one of their albums on their device, yeah. whether they yeah. wanted it or not. That worked out well. What do we really want for these songs? We want to get them to as many people as we can. Could we talk somebody into helping us with that? Everyone gets it on the iTunes. Right. Uh, who talked to who? Did you go to iTunes? Did iTunes come to you? Yeah, we, we worked very hard on these songs and we really believed in them. We were scared they wouldn't, you know, people wouldn't hear them. Or, you know, it's, 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 it's tricky these days, you know, to be heard. And we've been around a while. Why would anyone want another U2 album? We kind of asked ourselves that question. I just, I want them gone. And, and what's more, I want people to stop saying they like them. You don't like them. You, you play them because they're nice and boring background music for you to do things like <laughs> pick which color of well, beige you want your fucking living room color. Because you still haven't found the beige you're looking for. If anybody's unclear, Eric Eric really, really hates the band U2. I do! I do! Every time I see that fucking rattle and hum shirt, I have to go up to a complete stranger and go, Why?! Uh. I still remember yeah. this was, uh, what, early 90s when you were still trying to make a short film called... The Man Who Killed Bono. The Man Who Killed Bono. And you had this yeah. you had this whole <laughs> sequence set out where it's basically the guy walking down the street and you see Bono doing his Bono thing walking up. Uh, and then when they pass, and then he like literally beats him to death on the sidewalk. But it was all done in <laughs> slow motion to bullet the blue sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I tried to get Luke uh, Vidopia to play the guy who kills Bono. And I remember like setting up this point of view shot with him punching the shit out of a uh, Subway meatball sandwich. <laughs> so there's just like red going everywhere. And we bought two of the sandwiches so that Eddie could, uh, our other friend Eddie could like just walk up behind him. And you see him in the other like top right quadrant of the screen going, eating the other half of the Subway sandwich going, 
hey, this guy's <laughs> killing Mono. I forgot all about this, but now that you're describing it, I remember it. Yeah, but I love how you had the whole thing set up in time so that by the very end when the when that punchline comes out, it's just the end of the song going, Into the arms of America. Of America. <laughs> <laughs> one last final one thing, though, on the U2, just to show I'm not completely irrational. Uh-huh. Okay, so they wrote the Bond song Goldeneye. With Tina right? Turner. Which oh, yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's not the best Bond thing. It's not, it's not the worst, but it's like, Whatever. It wasn't all of you two. It was just it was Bono and the Edge. Yeah, yeah. It was just those 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 two fools. That same year, the uh, the rhythm section of you two did the theme for Mission yes. Impossible, and it's good. <laughs> and I think the thing is, there they have a strong rhythm section, which is really what makes any band good or bad. They're good. They have a good rhythm section. They, they vanilla iced the Mission Impossible theme and brought it to a 4-4 tempo, though. They, boom, 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 boom. They, they like, added another boom, boom, which, which makes it their own. <laughs> I like the drum section. I like the drum fills they put into it. Yep. I think it's no, better. It's good. But it's a good I still haven't found what I'm looking for. God damn it. It was right here. Right? <laughs> and I don't know where the hell it okay. is. So can we actually talk about that? About what? Oh, please. The letter U and the numeral two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Go. again, during that, right before the Zoo whatever album came out, um, Negative Land self-immolated in the most amazing way possible. They put out an EP... Uh, which they tried to claim is called the letter U and the numeral two. It it is nothing on the U cover but a, a silhouette of a U two bomber spy plane and the letters U and two and it's in record stores and they got their asses sued so fucking hard over this because it 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 has two big lists. First of all, there's just tons of I still haven't found what I'm looking for in it, and then it also has. A whole bunch of outtakes of Casey <laughs> so Kasem from the American Top 40 just swearing like a it's, sailor. It's, it's <laughs> four guys from Ireland, and who gives a shit? This is bullshit. Nobody cares. These guys are from England, and who gives a shit? I, I put it right here. It was right here, but I still haven't found it. There. What I'm looking for, that is. Where the hell? I guess I'm just useless. I should probably just shoot myself point blank in the stamper. That's my favorite line in the whole thing. I should just shoot myself point blank in the stamper. I don't know much of anything. Maybe I ought to be shot point blank in the stamper tonight. That's the letter U and the numeral two. How many times do I have to tell you not to come out of an up-tempo song with a goddamn death dedication? Last goddamn time, I want somebody use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. Just find it. Just find it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Go find it. It's worth your time. It's it's awesome. We should probably figure out a way to share that link, but yeah. So let's sew it up. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I forgot to mention that I did find during my Weezer research uh, that some enterprising individual did actually take the music to Say It Ain't So by Weezer, Mm -hmm. and then they slowed down just slightly the vocals to All Star by Smash Mouth, Mm -hmm. and it fits fucking perfectly. (laughs) Fine. Nice. Somebody won't. 
have a quick shout out. I want to recognize four bands that don't suck after all of this time, uh, who are still doing new... Well, actually, one of them isn't doing new stuff. R.E.M. R.E.M. fucking left the stage. They're like, we're done, we don't have anything else to do, and they're out. And I respect that. Thankfully. I never liked R.E.M., but I do like the fact that they've stopped. In recent years, three bands that I was into have all released albums that, in my opinion, are among the absolute best they've ever released, and they're still kicking. One is Information Society. The album was Hello World a couple years ago. What? Oh, yeah. It's easily the best Information Society album. Of the many Information Society albums that there you've enjoyed over the six. years, <laughs> this one, this one, sir, this one tops hey, all of those. I, I will put yeah, it up by against leaps anything. and bounds. Knights or Ebb released an album called Industrial Complex a few years back. That's really good. making this shit up i am not and i think you'll both agree with me on this one (laughs) one of the best devo albums ever released is something for everybody from a few years back yeah yeah i'll I'll back that up that one that one kicks fucking ass They were gone forever. They came back with one of the strongest Devo albums ever. And it was just like, what the fuck have you guys been doing all this time? Yeah. <laughs> Writing one album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And getting rid of all the chaff. The other two are on that level. Let me also say, uh, Adam Ant put out a couple albums that I don't like uh, in the last year or two, but he puts on the ass-kickingest live show you've ever seen. This is better than like a lot of people, like a third his age, put on. It was awesome. He had the double drum set from the early Adam and the Ants albums. Beautiful. If you can see him on tour... Do I did pick up a copy of Kings of the Wild Frontier yesterday on LP, so I was happy about Great that. Great album. Great album. Do they have a horn section? No, that's what's better. They don't. It's, it's just the two it's drums. Down. Yeah, it's the two drums, bass player, guitar player, and him playing guitar. And he's not bad. He's not some joke standing up there with a guitar randomly strumming. They were, they were, it was like the best punker show I have seen fuck, since I, went, I was in high school. They weren't playing wow. around. They were really, really good. And it was really like rough, fast, and most importantly, tight. That's what I really want in a band is they are holding the rhythm and they were really good. Well, I remember when you went and saw them and you had posted the band that has been opening for them, mm-hmm. the Glam Skanks. Yeah. 
Uh, I caught their stuff online and went and found it, and that's fucking awesome too. They are great. They uh, are great. So I can't imagine what they'd have been like live, but I I expect it was super fun. It's kind of what I hope. Um, uh, what's her name's band is what's what's her name? What the fuck is her name? Uh, from Share uh, California. You you're right because you're right. What's her? Cheryl Crow, the one, the one who was dating Brad Pitt, the one who was in. Um. Oh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. No. Ah. <laughs> ah. Brain imploding. I don't know. Uh, Go ahead. I don't Juliet know Lewis. <laughs> yes, her. I, it's what yeah. I imagine her live show is like. Aren't you glad you you put you? Aren't you glad you got to hear all of that just for me to go? A band might have a live show that's kind of like another band I've never seen. Best podcast. Fuck me. Uh, all right, I should just shoot myself point blank in the stamper. <laughs> All right, kids, thank you for listening again. Look for us on Twitter at MagHuge. Look for us on Facebook at Magnificently Huge. Uh, eventually, we're going to have something up on MagnificentlyHuge.com, but no promises. And share us around. Give us reviews. Yeah, that's wonderful. But please, please tell your friends if they're into Marvel stuff or music stuff or Batman stuff or something we talk about. Share it with them. And if there's something you want to hear, God damn it, tell us about it. We'll do it. We will do it. We're desperate. We'll do it. Whatever you're into, we'll, we'll learn about it and we'll do something on it. All right. So until next week, uh, stay demented. 